1: on this week's episode I talked to DeAnthony and Rachel Ward about their new book The Pregnancy Planning Guide How to Navigate Pregnancy and Childbirth as a Team. It is very right. simple tangible things that you have to kind of think through
2: throughout the process because those are the little things that when you add in a pregnancy or add in you know your first child when stress builds up that little thing could be the thing that tips you over, right? So um You know, we really played to our strengths in determining what roles we would have. So as the example of getting up in the middle of the night, D'Anthony would get up in the middle of the night first, go and, you know, this was with both Taj and Aaliyah, go get the baby, change the diaper, you know, take them out the swaddle, get them ready, bring bring them to me. I would feed And then when they were done, you know, feeding, then he would take them back, re-swaddle them, get them back down, right? So it doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, as pregnant women, you know, like a millisecond more of sleep seems like an eternity.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. D Anthony and Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast.
3: Hey, what up? Thank you, How you for are having you? us. Hope everything's yeah. cool over there. How you doing over there, Kim?
1: I'm good. I'm doing well. It's summertime, so you know parenting is in full effect. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, cool yeah. Right now, so, you know, it's parenting twenty four seven, which is normal, <laughs> I suppose, for every parent. But it's it's in full effect right now. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: On day two, they they told me they were bored. And and this is after coming home from a half day at camp, and then they came home, and I think they were just so overstimulated from being at camp all day that they came home, and they're like, "Well, now what? What do you have for us?" No, it doesn't <laughs> like, I got doesn't exist
3: in this house. Yeah, no. oh, yes, yeah.
2: yeah, so my <laughs> son. Is, so what's the next activity? I like, <laughs> like, just finished this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, your kids are a little bit younger, but I mean, are you feeling that a little bit too? Is it kind of hard to kind of keep them entertained since they're home more? Yeah, maybe it's the five year old make- for sure. Yeah, the, the two year old. She's still pretty good in
2: in making her own fun, but the five year old, I mean, the millisecond we are oh, done. You need,
3: need a partner with
2: the activity. It's okay. So what's the next activity? He needs
3: a roommate.
2: We like, <laughs> just finished. Give me a break.
3: <laughs> yeah, he ain't going. I just have a bathroom break. That's
2: all I need. (laughs) Actually, I asked for that yesterday. I was like, "Guys, can I just use the bathroom? Is that okay?"
1: (laughs) You're scrolling (laughs) on Pinterest, bathroom. (laughs) Right, you're hiding in there. Like, okay, what are some other crafts we can do that's super simple and easy? (laughs) I know. Um, I used to. I mean, I used to to plan things out, so I I feel like pretty well. You know, for the most part, I'm like, okay, summer's coming up, so I'd plan all these crafts, get all the materials, so everything was just ready. So I didn't have to like Mm -hmm. think about it much, and it wasn't like a spur of the moment thing. I had them on hand. So if they, if mm. they did get the awkward moments, I, I had like some tricks in the back pocket, but now I'm just too t- dang tired for that. And <laughs> just, like, you, Listen, you're old enough to create your own fun.
3: <laughs> we still got arts and crafts in the Amazon box from 2020. Okay, <laughs> waiting to be used. I love
1: it. We got it. I love nice
3: it. clean whiteboards all ready to be written on.
1: <laughs> perfect, perfect. It'll be good. So when you know when we go on over like a road trip or we just went, got back from Hawaii, as you know, and um, there I just I got all that new stuff for the airplane so they wouldn't get bored in the six-hour mm-hmm. flight, and it worked really well because it wasn't their normal stuff that they would normally play with. It was all like kind of new well, somewhat educational toys and it was great. So I, I love doing that. So see when, when they're ready for those boards, they're gonna be you know think it's like this new exciting thing and they're gonna be ready to roll mm. with it. So I like mm. it.
3: We'll see, I'm holding you, hold you to that, we'll see. Yeah, we've got a,
1: <laughs> a five, five,
2: five to six hour road trip we're planning um, okay. for, you know, go to Florida for a weekend. So I've definitely been thinking about, okay, how do we get through this five to six hours minus us just leaving at midnight and them sleeping through it, which that's has been yeah, our that's, approach that's, thus far. Right. <laughs> but you exactly. don't always want to
1: have to drive
2: in the middle of the night.
1: See, that's what my parents used to do when I was little. That's what we would do. I remember getting up or getting up at like 4 a.m. and just, you know, sleeping half the way, which does work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would yeah. either suggest that. If you need other tips, though, I have some really good things that really keep them busy for a long time. So let me know and mm-hmm. I will send them your way because um, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's need to be entertained. Yes. Yes. Um, but we're here to talk about your new book and I'm so excited about it. So you just published a new book and it's called The Pregnancy Planning Guide, How to Navigate Pregnancy and Childbirth as a Team. Yes. yes. I love it. I love it. And, and it's unique packed. as I've talked to you about. Yeah. as I've And I've read through it um, a little bit and I love it because it's so refreshing because I feel like most parenting books that are out there when it comes to talking about childbirth, preparing for childbirth, um, and then postpartum, it's revolved around the mother figure, right? And mm-hmm. it's revolved around her experience, and the dad is just kind of somewhere floating in the background, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's hard because you know, it's like where's where's the dad's role? And obviously, he's there mm-hmm. to support the mom, and you know, there's there's he has such a big role, but I feel like it hasn't been focused on. So I'm so glad you wrote this. And mm-hmm. my first question. Throw it to you, Dianthe. Since you are the dad and the father figure in yes, this I book, I am. I That is true. Um, what inspired you to write this book, and what inspired you to to really create this team aspect um, to really, you know, change the mindset we have on the role of fatherhood?
3: Yeah. So I think um, I have a very unfair advantage when it comes to life here. I'm incredibly focused on teamwork and incredibly um, owner um, focus. So. Every when I thought about pregnancy, it never was. This is Rachel. This is Rachel. This is Rachel. It was like, hey, this is this is literally us. You have just been chosen to carry the child, <laughs> but right. I have a very dominant role here, and I could never understand why. When I read these books, like the father was such in the background, and I thought, am I being naive here? Like, what's going on? And then when um, when ties are first born. When we were pregnant with uh with him, I was like, "There's so much to do, there's so much to think about, like there's so much things they get ready for." Um, I there's a huge role here, and why hasn't anybody talked to me about this except for, you know, grabbing Rachel by the hand and saying, (laughs) 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 like, like why my role. I just see because I practiced it. Before I love it. <laughs> because the, remember, only that was the only advice is the only advice is about to, I'm like, oh, this is about to be easy. And then you know, right. she gets pregnant. I'm like, oh wait a minute, wait, she's thinking this. So if she's thinking this, that means I should respond this way, or I need to get in front of this. And and before you know it, it's like an avalanche of things. And it's like, no, those those are the books that I read that They left out a lot of stuff, and I I feel slighted. So this book is a is a reaction to those books, and it kind of addresses you know what I'm thinking and how I can support her. Because um, what I also didn't want to do is I didn't want to take the attention away from women going through childbirth as well. As much as I feel like my role is is as the ownership role, like it is her body, she got to go through stuff, and I am a support partner. But she, right. also, she also has areas where she's a support partner to me, and I don't think a lot of people really knew that, and I don't think they look at it as their perspective. So this whole book is opening up your eyes to, hey, your ownership as a father, it's, it's a, as, a, as a support partner, like it's, it's huge. It's not minuscule, and there's a lot of things that we need to cover, and we put almost every single thing in that book.
1: Yes, and I love it. And and it's it's needed, right? So, <clears throat> Rachel, so you know, in writing this book and you know, thinking about it from your perspective, how much more supported did you feel, you know, with with De Anthony as your partner, you know, going through this experience? I, I feel like when I've talked to other moms in the past, or there's, you know, almost like this societal concept that moms mm-hmm. feel very isolated during pregnancy, during childbirth, you know, postpartum. And I do think there's some truth to that, right? Um, There's some things that I feel like some people may not understand unless you go through something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Your your body feels and things like that. It's hard to explain to other people sometimes Mm -hmm. what the mental load of all of that is. But by having a partner that was working with you as a team, and that was really understanding how you were conceptualizing this whole experience and was there to support you, and knew how you could support him in return, how did that make your your childbirth experiences um, i don 't know more fruitful, or did they make them more fruitful for you?
2: Yeah, so I think it was great for me, and again I, i'm going to have a biased opinion because that was my experience, right So you know when I talk to you know other moms or other you know um, expecting moms, you know I do try to um, I do try a level set in that, you know, you'll hear different experiences from different people. I am very blessed that DeAnthony was my support partner for the two um, pregnancies because he was very hands on. Right. And I don't want to say that's not the typical, but it's not the typical that yeah, you see story. in the media yeah. or in exactly. or, that's not the front page, right? It it could be that it is the most common thing, but it's not the most common thing that you hear, right? Which I think is um, an important aspect to kind of understand. And so for me, it it was great going through that experience. Like you said, it is difficult in in some pieces of it, right? To feel supported, even though he is supporting, right? Just because of, what the experience is that's actually happened to you physically at that time. Right. So, you know, exactly. Taj and Aaliyah, they were two very different pregnancy experiences um, with Aaliyah. I was extremely sick. Right. Whereas I didn't have that with Taj. So I think Aaliyah was definitely more trying and even on his side, I would say probably even more involved because they were experiences that we didn't have with Taj. Right. Right. Um, you know, the, vomiting, having to go to the ER. Those, those were things we didn't experience with Taj. So he was, I, I would say even more engrossed, but those were also experiences where I was like, you know, there's only so much you can do. And I really do want you to do more, but literally physically, like there's nothing you know, I that you think, could
3: do. I almost think it all evens out a little bit because with Taj, it was like, okay, everything is new. Like, what am I supposed to do? That's true. What am I supposed to do here? Oh, Rachel, you, you say you spit up a little bit. uh. Oh. Are you about to throw up? Are you really sick? And it's like all that anxiety. But then with Aaliyah, like it's like okay, you actually really are. So like it's more like trying to like problem solve. Like okay, what do I do here? So there's no, I don't think it was one better, but they were different. But the levels were about the same. But physically, <laughs> oh, yeah, Aaliyah physically. was
2: definitely. Worse. I'm not
3: talking. About, yeah. Okay. We're talking about <laughs> mentally. Yeah. That's tr- yeah. That's true. But mentally, my jumping jacks was the same. It was probably a little worse with Aaliyah. Just mentally, I don't know. Right. It was, it was little, it like using this little—it like stuff out a
2: little bit. <laughs> it's not close, right? As with any experience, but you know what was consistent is was his engagement, his hands on in the process, his problem solving, troubleshooting, trying to be you know ahead of things, offer things that maybe I'm not thinking about or don't have the mental capacity to think about. You know, at that time with the physical impairments that are happening. So um, definitely blessed in his involvement and definitely agree that, you know, no books speak about that. Even me as the pregnant person, right, reading books, they don't even they don't even talk about how you should communicate with your partner or what are the things that you should be thinking about, you know, to speak with about your partner or mm. prepare them or even communicate what's happening to you or your needs. There's nothing that even addresses <coughs> that. Even though they go through, oh, day one, this is going to happen. Day thirty, or this they, will or happen. They
3: gloss, right? over, they gloss over like really like quickly. Like, make sure you talk to your talk to your partner, and then it's like,
1: but talk know, to them de- about what?
2: Yeah,
3: it's right. like it's like right. All right you got to get a little bit more in depth with that.
1: <laughs> right, but it's it's really the books are really based around the the birthing partner's experience. It's not even based around. Uh, the family, or like you said, as a team, like what looking at as a team, it's really just this is what you're going to, you know, expect. This is how your Mm -hmm. body's going to react. This is the things you can do to mentally or physically prepare. And it's almost like the other person's not even in the picture at all. Um, But since D'Anthony was in this case, and I'm I'm hoping that everyone who reads your book will also have a similar experience, you know, hopefully, Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like you were less isolated when you were going through this experience because of all of his support? Did that help you?
2: Definitely, definitely. So, um, you know, I would say every stage he was there planning with me, asking questions You know, being hands-on, adjusting his schedule, but then also expressing his own needs, right? Which I also think is very unique, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think that support partners take the back burner role and just feel like they should just take, you know, all the brunt of everything, suck it up, and don't say anything, right? In the face. And
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, how do we do that though? Okay, besides reading your book, how can we get more dads to feel like it's Okay, to be involved, like you said, it's not really in books. It's not really in media. It's, you know, how how can we can I say convince dads to to be a team player to you know to to get in there and and really support. Like, how do they get? How do they know how to do that? Or how do they know it's even okay to do that? Because I think a lot of times the dads just say, you uh, know, in, in in literature now. I'm not saying in general, <laughs> you know, that, oh, okay, she's pregnant. Okay, I'm good. If you need anything, let me know. But then that's. That's where it ends because that's what we're taught to do. That's what society has kind of taught us to do. How can we mm-hmm. reframe that? How can we change that narrative and let dads know like, yeah, be involved. It's good. You know, this is what, what you should do. How do we do that? Yeah, and I think, I think, think it's mostly, sure just people, like,
3: yeah. mostly just information and, and exposure um, because a lot of people that even DM me on my platforms, they say, yo, I had no, I didn't think like that at all. Mm-hmm. Or I'll right. share a video and you say, yo, I had no idea like I can do that. Like the things that we suggest in the book and the things that I talk about on my platforms are things that are obtainable, like they're reachable. They're not like, hey, just make sure you save up fifty thousand dollars <laughs> and then get a nanny and then your nanny will take care of your kid and you and your wife. Can, like, no, they're realistic goals and those yeah. realistic goals are things like, hey, um, just take a second before we're thinking, think of what your wife probably would want to do, or think of how you can kind of get in front of something that, what that does is that just plays upon the natural problem solving nature of men. And all they need to do is just get that exposure. And the reason why I say I have an unfair advantage is because I wasn't necessarily taught that. I just have this like ownership kind of mentality. So people like me can spread this, this message out to other folks and be like, Hey guy, you know, like you don't have to wait for her. You know, you can like go get the car and, you know, that's little stuff, but you can, you can like prepare her mind and you can prepare her mind from conception <laughs> and you can right. start there and all the little things that you do will add up to it. So, um, you know, you've given us a platform like this to discuss it and reaching your audience, You know, you know, whoever's listening to this, they'll reach out to their husband or their husband is talking or the the, the support partner or whatever role they're playing. And um, it's my job to put this information in very concise, digestible pieces to be able to make the guys say or the support partner say, hey, that makes sense. I can absolutely do that. And that's, that's my contribution. And that's what's in the book. And that's what I highlight on my channel. Very bite-sized, understandable pieces that allow you to get a perspective that changes everything. So as long as we can keep coming on different platforms and, you know, people find us on these platforms and they get that message. That's how you actually get the word out because it's just a lack of information that's out there and trying to change the, trying to change the perception.
1: Exactly. And honestly, you know, you've reached so many people so far, and I'm excited to see how many more you do reach because, you know, just changing one person at a time, it's it's going to start changing the way our culture thinks about, you know, all of this. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, I want to talk about defining roles And also, what if you parent and you're not on the same page? So we'll be right back. I used to uh, host, I guess, um, a a prenatal and postpartum support group for um, for moms who were pregnant, and and then right after, so kind of like that fourth trimester. And we would talk every week. And something that came up very constantly was defining what role each partner had in pregnancy and childbirth and postpartum and what would look different, you know, so who would get up in the middle of the night to feed the baby, who would, um, you know, do the dishes, you know, and and so forth. And sometimes the roles obviously would change. But one thing I always stressed was make sure you define those roles, make sure before that baby is born, that you define which role each partner is going to have. Is that something you talk about in the book? And any of you don't, I'd love to hear your perspective on, you know, how, how, Parents can do that, and how they can try to, you know, be on the same page as far as knowing what role they're supposed to take um, in in each of the parenting roles that they have, or even just household chores. Who's going to pay the bills? All those things.
2: So we do talk about that in the book, and we give a couple of examples where you know we took on our roles, and, and I use roles very loosely mm-hmm. um, because it is something that's ever changing throughout the experience. Um, and with each experience, right? It could be different. So we are big believers in like playing to your strengths, basically, right? So as an example, you know, DeAnthony somehow miraculously, I have no idea, um, has this super strength of like literally being able to sleep for like three hours mm-hmm. and being a human being, <laughs> like a normal human being. Does I was waiting to see like- what she
1: was going to say.
3: <laughs> Me too, Kim. Yeah. Me
1: too, <laughs> No, that's great though. Okay, sorry, keep going. That was great.
3: Now yeah, now not <laughs> that we've passed that. <laughs> <Go ahead.
1: laughs> We're just having way too much. I was
3: time. nervous for like I was nervous for like 10 I know. seconds. I
2: know he was. I know he was. I know <laughs> he was there. <I> <laughs> what, <laughs> what is she about to say? What is she about to say? But no, he can go on very little sleep and be very functional, right? I cannot, right? I'm also not a mm-hmm. morning person. Right. Yeah. So um, simple things. And, and when I say strength like that, right, that's not something that someone would just you like, oh, yeah, my strength is, you know, I can not sleep for a long time. Right. But it is very right. simple, tangible things that you have to kind of think through throughout the process, because those are the little things that when you add in a pregnancy or add in, you know, your first child, when stress builds up, that little thing could be the thing that tips you over. Right. So. um you know, we really played to our strengths in determining what rules we would have. So as the example of getting up in the middle of the night, D'Anthony would get up in the middle of the night first, go and, you know, this was with both Taj and Aaliyah, go get the baby, change the diaper, you know, take them out the swaddle, get them ready, bring, in, bring them to me. I would feed And then when they were done, you know, feeding, then he would take them back, re-swaddle them, get them back down, right? So it doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, as pregnant women, you know, like a millisecond more of sleep seems like an eternity, right? (laughs) So little things um, like that is how we kind of defined our roles. And like I mentioned, they changed throughout time. And I do think it's a little hard Hard. I think you can try to be preemptive, but sometimes you, one of the biggest things is you have to be flexible, right? True. So you should talk about, you know, what do we think the roles are going to be? What's going to work best with our schedule, um, with the help that we have or that we don't have, right? With our personalities, yeah. but you have to be able to be flexible, which is also another thing that we talk about in the book as well, is being prepared to be adaptable, Because when the when it actually happens, you actually don't know exactly what will happen and how you will react to it, Um, especially if it's your first, you know, pregnancy.
1: Right. Which I remember, Anthony. I think you wrote about that in the book. And you would ask Mm -hmm. your wife, "Are you are you good if you have kids? Like, are are we are we good to go? Like, if you get pregnant?" And she was like, "Yeah, sure, absolutely." And then she Mm -hmm. got pregnant. She was like, whoa, wait, give me, give me a minute. I need a break <laughs> to think about this, you know, not that she, you know, <laughs> you know, but it's just, you don't know how you're going to react to the moment. I think that's so true. And you have to learn how to pivot and be flexible um, because e- things can look great on paper. You could put mm-hmm. things no. okay, up. Gonna, gonna you this.
3: better preach.
1: <laughs> right, but then it doesn't always happen that way. Life, life isn't that clean. You know, it's, it's it can get pretty messy. So, um, mm-hmm. so I, I think that flexibility is, is a huge piece. You know, and I think what I'm hoping to prevent and possibly you by by having this teamwork mentality is that the couple does not grow resentment towards each other. Right? Yeah. Um, of being yeah. like, I do everything. I get up every night, and I'm exhausted, and you know, you get to sleep in, and whatever it is, or you get to leave and go to work all day and I stay home and I'm taking care of the kids all day. And, you know, you hear these things. And I think what we're trying to do here is prevent some of that, those arguments and those resentments from coming in of saying, you know, let's talk about this. Let's, let's work as a team together. That's what your goal is too, right? (coughs) Yeah.
3: One of the things that uh, I talk about in there, well, let me talk about the defining the roles. Remember the big thing about the book is I am telling them the support partners what their role is. Like you're all you are like the mental like coach, you're the mental warrior, like you're the, the the guiding, the voice of reason that they're not going to listen to. But you still are that voice like this is preparing you for everything that is going to be said to you, every action that's going to be um, going on. <clears throat> and what you're supposed to do is manage all of this. And um, in the book, I let them know, like, hey, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily pretty. They may say things, but you have to look at it through the lens of she's incredibly pregnant. She's grown a whole person. It's a lot of stuff that happens. I can't name those things in the list, but I'm sure there's a big pile of things that are happening. Emotions are, I remember. <laughs> oh, no,
1: here I we go. Remember, Here's another story. <laughs> I, uh, look, now I'm,
2: now I'm making the
1: look. <laughs> you're on the hot
3: seat. <laughs> hey, real fast, real fast. <clears throat> I picked Rachel from the airport. She's probably about four months pregnant at this point. And, uh, I picked her up and she just instantly like I just read the read the energy like she did not want to be talked to. And I'm okay, you know, I like to talk, but you don't you want to talk right now? No problem. We get in the car, we drive for about 10 minutes. She says, I'm hungry. And I, I know what that means. All right. So we need to go get something to eat. And those are the only words she said to me on the drive. <laughs> By the way. So I'm just setting the tone for what this <laughs> what this kind of looks like. You know, we get to the we get to Wendy's I get her, get her some French fries. I give her the french fries. She consumes the french fries as we're driving. And I say, hey, hi, by the way. And I said it in a very joking way. And then next thing you know, just Rachel's just bawling crying. Like, just like, like, and I'm like, I'm like, what just ha-? All I said was hi. <laughs> <laughs> and I just use that example because I was so thrown off. Like, I said hi. I said it in a joking way, not in a sarcastic way, in a way that Rachel normally non-pregnant Rachel <laughs> would respond <laughs> with maybe laughter, but you no know, pregnant right, Rachel responded in a
1: positive way, with,
3: right? Yeah, the, but pregnant Rachel responded a little bit differently. And I, I I wasn't ready for that. So in the book what I say is, you know, everything is with a, a grain of salt. Nothing is personal. Everything is because of the process. And if you just kind of enjoy that process that you're going through and look at it through the lens of she's creating a baby. She's probably saying stuff she don't really mean. It's not because she hates you it's just the way her body is and I can't explain it, but trust me when I say. It. So um when we talk about defining roles, like that's those are your roles to manage that kind of stuff and to expect that kind of stuff and to see that kind of stuff coming. Um, where I think a lot of guys get thrown off is they don't see that kind of stuff coming, which so it's they're blindsided by it right? and they're like, yo, what the heck? And then that turns into an argument. 85% of these arguments can probably I'm not even gonna call them arguments, they're just misalignments, can can right. get eliminated if you know what you're expecting, Hey, nothing's personal guy. All right. (laughs) Everything is cool. So keep that going. So that's, that's, that's what I think about the ginger rolls there.
1: Exactly. Now what happens uh, if you have any advice on this? And I know we're talking mostly about the pregnancy and, and, you know, that fourth trimester there, but, um, but you are parents of a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So you've been parenting for many years now, um, personally. And I'd love to hear this because this seems to come up a lot for me with my clients, other friends that I you know meet throughout this process that come to me and say, hey, give me advice on this. I'd love to hear your take on this. What do you suggest to parents if one of the partner's parents vary differently? So as an example, let's say, and not using this, we don't have to go into this in detail, but like spanking. Maybe one of the partners grew up and spanking was completely acceptable. Okay, I'm, this is the way mm-hmm. I'm going to do consequence my child or discipline them if they do something wrong. The other parent saying, no, I'm into the conscious, gentle parenting. You know, that's not even on my radar. That's just a random example. But I want to give you mm-hmm. that to prepare you for your answer. Or help you prepare for your answer of how do, you, how do you suggest parents work that out if their parenting styles are very different when they're trying to raise their children? And what do you suggest they can do to get back to that teamwork, get back to be on the same team and not be on opposing teams in those cases?
3: Go mm-hmm. okay, ahead.
1: You want to say Yeah.
3: Please. <laughs> Please. Because I got to see what you're about to say here.
2: <laughs> so I mean the whole premise of and we tell everybody this the whole premise of the book is really communication honestly that's that's what we're trying to drive here and we use pregnancy obviously it's a pregnancy book we use pregnancy as the example but you can literally remove pregnancy from that and put anything on top of it parenting you know marriage issue like on top of it and the strategies are exactly the same right so what we really want to get across in the book is that this whole concept of, you know, monthly check-ins, the checklist, the how are things going, the planning, you know, three-month look ahead. Um, There's a few things in, in the book that you'll see repeated through each month. And that's on purpose because it's a practice, right? And the whole point is that, in practicing those strategies over and over, you can apply them to every stage of your relationship, not just pregnancy, right? Pregnancy is very easy because it's month one, month two, month three, much more, right? But right. it applies to everything. So even in parenting, and you know, the the fourth trimester, uh, the postpartum chapter is the shortest, right, in the book. But we do still talk about these are the things forward looking now that you should also be discussing and talking about. And then more things will obviously come up you have, you know, umpteen years, mm-hmm. minimum of 18, right? <laughs> that you will experience different things um in this process. So again for me, it's always communication, right? And I think that some of those um some of those very kind of like baseline foundational discussions should be had you know, honestly prior to the baby, but if if you didn't have it, that's fine, right? That's still something that you need to sit down and discuss, right? Cause parenting strategies is a big one, right? Um, and so I think it is just about each of you being able to communicate your thoughts and your beliefs and the other person not taking offense, right? to that and being able to absorb what you're saying. And then you also communicate your side, right? And then you guys kind of talk through that back and forth until you can come to an agreement. And so the big thing there is really like not taking offense and not being defensive, right? Because that's really when you can't come to a solution. And we're hoping that by you doing these strategies throughout the pregnancy, you will have built that goodwill right so that when stressful situations do come up in the future right you already have that baseline of okay we've been through something stressful before right so i know this is not him kind of trying to attack me right mm-hmm. i know this is something else and that's not how i should take it so let me just kind of step back mm-hmm. you know hear his side understand it and then also communicate how i feel and then process through it that way
3: yeah you know how 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 you get through like large parenting gaps, in my opinion, is uh, number one. You have to like grant some level of grace and not not create out the gate expectations. So if Rachel and I differ on something, like it's okay if you know Rachel parents that way for a little while, and I say, hey, this is what I think about what you did. Think about how that approach is versus, oh no, 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 I don't want to do that to my kid. I don't want to do like you're talking from a point of being defensive now. Now, anything that I say, you know, her shield is up and it's bouncing off and I might as well just be quiet. But if I give her that grace to let her do things how she thinks things should be done and I do things how I think things need to be done and we're still talking, you know, we'll even take your, your parent, your um, example that you had before. If I choose gentle parenting and she's choosing spankings, maybe I don't want him to get sp- uh, spanked and I'll say, hey, let me try this. Let's just see how this works out. And if that happens, she loves me. I love her. And there has to be some level of kind of you know mutual respect mm-hmm. as you have between the two where you're like, you know what? Okay, let's try that. But the key is you can't be defensive. Like You can't attack it from a defensive point of view. When you do that, all communication lines shut down. Everything shuts down. I'm trying harder. Her shield is coming up. My word's bouncing off and we're in this circular thing. And how long does it take her to put that shield down? A very long time. So you have to go into every situation with Number one, give your partner a little bit of respect and grace and say that, okay, maybe a conversation is okay after they've done the thing that they they've trying to do. They've experienced it, they've done it, I've done mine that automatically says, okay, we've both done two different things and we're okay with these things And now let's discuss our two different methods. And if you guys are really kind of you know um, you know for each other, some some kind of resolution is bound to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean it happen eventually. You have to just give that. That's why grace is the most important part. It may take six months. It may even take a year. But that's why in the book, the biggest thing is like the commitment. Because if you are committed to the process of everything, everything else kind of works. It kind of works itself out. But that commitment could be six months, a year, two years, and you just got to be got to be ready for that and keep fighting. Don't expect immediate results just because you have a different philosophy and parenting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my husband always likes to remind me that just because I do it differently doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Uh, How many times (laughs) have you said that to me? Um, But Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of vulnerability, like the commitment, the grace, the respect, um, you know, and that flexibility comes into play too. So you might be able to come to a compromise if you're a little bit flexible in that too, and thinking, oh, just because my partner does think this way doesn't mean it's wrong. And like you said, DeAnthony, you can say, hey, let's just give this a try first. Let's just see if this works, you know, almost like an experiment. And then if it works, then okay my child responded to this maybe maybe we're on to something and then if not mm-hmm. we'll try your way next time or something like that so it's,
3: it's all in the tone like it's sure. all in the tone and the approach i mean I wouldn't even say hey let's try this first I would let them do what they naturally do like let Rachel do things how she naturally does things let Rachel see me do things how I naturally do things and then let me naturally bring it up in conversation like hey you know the thing that you deal with Ty why'd you do it that way so, oh, I've been doing it this way, and then that turns into a conversation. It doesn't turn into an, an argument. It doesn't even turn into a debate. We're trying to we're trying to differentiate between debates, arguments, and and <laughs> conversations here. And if you can if you're if you can get everything to a conversation, then I think that your ability to um, solve whatever the the disconnect is, or you know, come closer on that disconnect is. Eighty percent, you know, greater probability of it working out in both of you guys' favor. If you steer the steer the, steer the talk towards a conversation versus a disagreement, I think that that helps a lot.
1: Hundred percent, and I love that, Rachel. You brought up the you know the uh, being aff- feeling like you're offended and bringing up the defensiveness because that that does a huge relationship mm-hmm. blocker. In general, so um, we can keep that in mind too. And and one more quick thing on your book, Um, I I love you know all of the exercises you have in there. I I especially love the workbook style you have, where you can actually like write in you know all all the different tools um, that you can. uh, I think you have something called the team toolbox, and you have yeah yeah, monthly strategy check-ins and different props prompts of how should how couples can check in with each other and. Anyway, I just adore. I, I I love it. I'm so glad you wrote Thank it. Thank you. A book. Um, can you tell everyone where they can find it or where they can find you, um, so they can uh, not only buy your amazing book but also follow you online <laughs> for more advice and just to keep in touch with you.
3: Yeah, we have an awesome community on Instagram. Um, Dad underscore vlog features myself and my beautiful, wonderful, just just ecstatic wife Rachel here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and your beautiful and, children
3: <laughs> and our beautiful and our beautiful children, and it's kind of like from my perspective um, on Instagram uh, YouTube dad vlog uh, the dad vlog on YouTube um, and we're selling these books on Amazon so um, it's very easy if you go to Amazon type in the couple's pregnancy guide it'll bring up that'll bring the book right up and you can purchase there. you can leave a review, let other people know what you thought because the big thing here is to really highlight and if you look in the reviews, just really highlight the communication aspect of it and the perspective of it, and I think that that's the common link between um, all of the, all of the comments there. So uh, feel free to come say what up? DMs, I answer a lot of the DMs, 98 so percent of them are always you know on the, on the fingers. Uh, so come hang out, guys.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast today. It was so fun and uh, such a pleasure to talk to you today. All right, thank you. Thanks Kim. thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first. Then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com this podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.
0: choose a sleep number smart bed because no two people sleep the same only the sleep number smart bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your sleep number setting the climate 360 smart bed is so smart it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 40 percent on the sleep number special edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards to find a store near you visit sleepnumber.com